You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into your Monday edition of the podcast. A lot to cover ahead on today's show. We will talk some BYU football recruiting, a new commitment, as well as a new offer going out over the weekend. We'll also dig into the BYU basketball program. If Gideon George were to leave as he announced he's entering the NBA draft, what would it mean for the Cougars? We'll get into that. And, of course, we'll catch up on the weekend that was and all the other BYU sports in action. So plenty to get into. Let's waste no more time and get right to it. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for April. 11th, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a huge thank you for making us right here on Locked On Cougars, your first listen of the day. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. If you haven't followed us on social media already, I would encourage you to do so. Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you want to follow my work on all things sports, not just BYU, there's a lot of BYU there as well, but you can follow me on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch, my full name, and a big thank you for your support of this venture as always. All right, diving into today's show, let's talk about BYU basketball for a moment here. Did a special edition late Friday afternoon, I guess a mid-Friday afternoon, that Gideon George has officially declared himself eligible for the NBA draft. And as I said on Friday, I think this is a move to see where he stands with regards to his NBA future. I'm not guess I I'm not trying to say that he's going to go pro. I am of the opinion he's going to go get his evaluations from NFL front office executives, scouts, coaches, all the like. And then I think he will ultimately return to BYU for what would be his super senior season, his COVID year with the BYU basketball program, and hopefully take on a bigger role. And I actually think this is a critical thing for the BYU basketball program because if he were to leave, and I'm not saying that Gideon George is going to come in and score 20 points a game next year if he were to return to BYU. Let me be very clear about that up front. But if he were to leave, he would leave yet another hole in BYU's lineup with regards to scoring. He averaged 8.8 points per game last year, really was a fourth or a fifth option in most games when he was playing for the Cougars last year. Alex Barcelo is far and away BYU's number one option all season long. But Gideon George, I was of the opinion, would take on a bigger role offensively for BYU this coming season. But ultimately, he is going to test the water, see what ultimately he can find out. And maybe he ultimately does decide, hey, you know what? The pro game is where I want to be. I want to go over to Europe. I want to go back to Africa. I want to just start my pro career somewhere and see where it takes me, see what kind of money I can make. And if that happens, you wish nothing but the best but if he does leave that will leave a grand total between him T. John Lucas and Alex Barcelo off of last year's team that would leave 36 points per game along the perimeter for BYU departing the program would guys like Spencer Johnson Trevin Nell and on the roster right now Trey Stewart among guys who are still there and not entered into the transfer portal guys like Hunter Erickson have departed the program Nate Hansen as well uh, and they are in the transfer portal but the guys like Nell, Stewart, and or Spencer Johnson, are they capable of stepping up and filling 36 points per game and a bevy of minutes, a bevy of shots, all kinds of assists, all of the different statistical holes that a guys like Alex Barcelo, T. 
TJ Luke in, in this case, uh, Gideon George would leave. I don't think they are. But BYU could go out and try and replace him, and they are doing just that right now in the transfer portal. I know the coaches are scouring the transfer portal, trying to find uh, an option or two or three to bring into this program. And if Gideon George were to say, you know what, I'm going to go pro, uh, it doesn't matter where I land, whether it's a two-way contract in the NBA, a G League assignment, or he goes overseas to play, I think that would leave a pretty monstrous hole in BYU's lineup because he is what I believe to be a guy who could really benefit from another year playing for BYU. I am of the opinion that Gideon George next year would actually be maybe the second or third option offensively for the Cougars. At this juncture, Fus Traore looks like the guy who will be the number one option for BYU working inside out. I have said it before on this podcast, and if you haven't heard it before, I have been hearing and have been told that BYU is looking for a ball-handling point guard. Obviously, need to replace both Lucas and Alex Barcelo in that respect, but they also want a high-level wing scorer if they can get it. And they will obviously be looking for big men on the interior to team with Fuseni Traore and Atiki Ali Atiki to help BYU's interior presence, but a guy like Gideon George, man, if I'm him, I'd really be looking at maybe I want to come back for another year and be more of a prominent offensive option, show that I can shoot the three at a higher clip, shoot the ball overall at a better clip, and then maybe next year he gets better looks with regards to staying stateside and playing, whether it's as a two-way player on an NBA contract or getting drafted outright. Uh, we said it on the Friday edition of the show, Mike Brown, a longtime NBA assistant and head coach, he is of the opinion that Gideon George is an NBA-level wing, a 3 and D type guy. He's got all the measurables. Six foot six, 210 pounds, long arms, the ability to defend an opposing player very, very well, move his feet. So I look at this and I, I, I would wonder why uh, he would go to the draft if he was seriously considering leaving because I don't think he gets drafted this year. He needs to show more offensively if he ultimately does want to get drafted. So I think the NBA draft process for a guy like Gideon George in this instance, as I said on Friday, is more about exploring where he needs to improve his game. Then he can come back for the summer leading up to next season and improve on that and hopefully go out and have a season where he scores maybe 10 to 15 points per game, shoots the three at a near 40% clip, if not higher, and it's just an overall playmaker that he's not shown previously in his career. And if he continues to round out his game, I am of the opinion that that is what will get him ultimately his chance to play in the NBA. Is that his end-all, be-all goal? I don't know that. But I am of the opinion that he will end up back at BYU for this upcoming season. And I think if you're a BYU fan, that should be welcome news to hear. I, you're... In your, I guess your opinion on that may uh, may differ, but I think this is actually something, as I said also on Friday, that all players who are key rotation guys, guys who've had pretty good seasons, they should all explore this process. There's literally no harm in you going out, going through this NBA draft process, interacting with NBA personnel, and then not hiring an agent to retain your eligibility. I think it's a win-win scenario for all involved, and hopefully it pays off for a guy like Gideon George. And I'm of the opinion that I think this is going to be very beneficial for him, even if it does end up that he ends up leaving BYU and deciding he wants to play elsewhere, whether it's the pro level or maybe he decides he wants to transfer. I, I don't have any intel on that part, but if he decides it is his time to depart BYU, I think you wish Gideon George well. He's been a very welcome member of the BYU basketball program, but at this juncture, I'd be hard-pressed to think that he's actually leaving. I think he's going through this process to kind of evaluate where he's at in his game, and then he will come back work on that 
that and hopefully go out and have the type of super senior season, I guess we'll call it, that he dreams of having. And hopefully that will bolster his draft stock enough that he can live his dream of potentially playing in the NBA. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we need to talk some BYU football recruiting. Two new names popping up over the weekend. One a commitment, another one being an offer that's a very critical position for BYU and a guy that you may not know, but I've had a chance to watch and I'm actually impressed that BYU is as high on him as they are. We'll dig into that here momentarily. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Built Bar. I'm going to pull up this little graphic right there. There you go. Built Bar is our sponsor today and Built Bars are absolutely incredible. I'm actually going to scroll up so I can read my copy points from my nice little doodad here. But this is the time of year that we all are trying to continue to stay in shape, obviously. It's April. You probably have given up on your New Year's resolutions, but Built Bars, they're a key way to keep yourself healthy and at the same time, indulge in a delicious treat. I have talked about Built Bars for months, if not years now on this podcast. I am a huge proponent of Built Bars, and I would encourage you guys to give them a shot as well. Built Bars macros are absolutely incredible. Just 130 calories, 4 grams of net carbs, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. And if the Built Bar itself, the original Built Bars are a little too rich for your liking, so they are covered in 100% chocolate, they can be a little dense for people, I would encourage you guys to give the brand new Built Puffs a chance. They're a one-of-a-kind protein-infused marshmallow, which is far more light and airy than the regular Built Bars, but the more important thing is their macros are just as good as the Built Bars, and they have the same amount of protein packed into them. So give them a shot, my friends. You can go to Built.com right now, place your order there. I've actually got one sitting right here by me. Let's see what we got today. We have got, ooh, the Sweet Fire. Now, this one, I don't know if they still make it or not, but the Sweet Fire is, if you're a fan of jalapeno fudge, that is the flavor for you. It's got a kick to it, but guess what? There are a hundred different flavors, it feels like, and the best part is you can find one, two, or I feel feel like ten that you will enjoy. All at Built.com. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. Once again, go to Built.com, use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order, and enjoy the best-tasting protein bars with Built Bar. All right, time now to talk some BYU football recruiting. And BYU this past week, I'm using a little iPad up above me here, so I apologize if you're seeing my hand scroll. I'm actually scrolling to my copy points here, so I apologize for that. But BYU added uh, a new commitment in the 2024 recruiting class this past weekend by the name of Adney Reed. And if the last name sounds familiar, it should. His father is former BYU tight end Gabriel or Gabe Reed. I know I know him as Gabe, but some people call him Gabriel. I uh, Gabe Reed is now President Reed. He's a mission president for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Sydney, Australia. Adney is living in Australia, playing uh, rugby and basketball mainly down there in Australia as a high school sophomore. He is a member of the 2024 recruiting class, but was a kid before departing to the mission field with his parents. He was playing for Spanish Fork High School. He was a pretty highly thought of freshman and sophomore for the Dons. He's listed at six foot three, 190 pounds, 180 to 190 pounds, somewhere in that range. But if he turns out to be like his father, because Gabe Reed, when he was playing at BYU, was 6'4", 250, and was just every bit the 6'4", 250 they listed him at, if not more than that, Adney Reed figures to fill in and be a very, very good player for BYU. I think that he ends up being a pass rusher or a linebacker at the next level. It depends on how he fills out. If he ends up at 6'4", 250 pounds like his dad, he'll be playing defensive end for BYU, and they'll probably push to bulk him up to 260 or 270 and really make him into a force 
off the edge. But if he only ends up at 6'3", 220 pounds, he has got the athleticism to be a guy who can play linebacker at the next level. He is part of a trio now in the 2024 class of commitments for BYU, joining Dallin Johnson out of Springville High School. And we'll talk about one of Johnson's uh, teammates here in just a moment. He's an offensive lineman who I think is going to end up as a four-star prospect, committed as a freshman to BYU, is, said that BYU is his dream school. He's locked in with the Cougars, as well as the other commitment in the 2024 class, and that is Easton Baker out of Stansbury High School out there in the Twila area in Utah. Easton Baker is just an absolute mauler at safety at the high school level. He just comes downhill and absolutely wallops dude, dudes. He committed, I believe, as an eighth grader, if not a ninth grader from Stansbury, similar to Dallin Johnson, said that BYU is his dream school. He has no intention of looking elsewhere. And they form a pretty good core for the 2024 recruiting class. Like I said, Adney Reed, I think, is a very talented prospect. He's just beginning to realize, I think, his athletic potential. And obviously, him playing in Australia, basketball and rugby, he's not going to be playing football. And that is a little bit of a concern, considering there is an element of actually having to play the game of football to be a better prospect prospect at the game, but I am of the opinion that he already showed enough, and I, uh, there's a reason why BYU took his commitment after uh, giving him a scholarship offer, and if you're wondering, okay, what's his relationship to both Gabe Reed and Karene Reed up at the University of Utah? Well, they are cousins. Uh, Spencer Reed, who played at BYU, his brother's with Gabe Reed Sr., I should say, the older Gabe Reed, who's the mission president currently. They are the cousins of Adney Reed, and they are the sons of Spencer Reed, former BYU player in his own right, so... Uh, there was an offer reportedly from Utah to Adney Reed, but he decided he wants to carry on a family legacy at BYU and play for the Cougars. And I think it makes for a very, very talented core for the 2024 recruiting class. I am interested to see how Adney Reed does once he gets back stateside playing for BYU to see if, okay, his time overseas playing rugby, basketball, he may end up playing some American football there in Australia. I don't know what the options will be in that regard for him, but I am of the opinion if he feels out like his dad and he carries on that family legacy, BYU is getting a pretty talented prospect on their hands coming by way of Sydney, Australia. All right, the other uh, prospect I wanted to talk about today was Ryder Burton. Announcing over the weekend, he received his first Division One offer from BYU. Ryder Burton is the quarterback at Springville High School. Dallin Johnson was actually is center for most of the year this past year. And Ryder Burton is an interesting prospect in that he is a true quarterback that BYU is actually pursuing. There's a lot of quarterbacks, it feels like, when they get offers from BYU that you sit and say, okay, what position does this guy end up uh, end up playing at? But Ryder Burton, I can tell you this much. I've had a chance to watch him. I called, I think, three or four, no, three uh, Springville games this past fall for Deseret News Rewind, or what is now Game Night Live Rewind on KSLSports.com. And I had a chance to watch Ryder Burton play for Springville High School. Some of you may have seen the best play, I think individual play, of the high school season was that Springville beat uh, Orem High School in the state semifinals up there at Rice Cycle Stadium on a last-second touchdown where the quarterback, similar to what John Beck was doing, he kind of threw it across his body uh, into the other corner of the end zone and his receiver caught it. That was Ryder Burton throwing that ball. And the funny thing about that is the John Beck play at the, at the opposite end of the field, I believe, uh, for BYU against Utah all those years ago is actually working at working with Ryder Burton as his quarterback's coach down there at 3D QB Academy. So there are a lot of connections between Ryder Burton and BYU, and the biggest thing you need to know about Ryder Burton is this is a kid who I think has got all the ability to be a under-the-radar prospect, but a guy who very much could factor into the quarterback level, quarterback position for BYU 
if he chooses to commit to the Cougars. He's got good size, uh, listed at six foot two. I would say he's probably more six one, 180 pounds. The interesting part about him is he's not a true dual threat quarterback. Doesn't mean he's not a dual threat quarterback, but Springville High School runs one of the few true pro set eye back formations that I have seen in many, many years. Willie Childs, the head coach of Springville, runs a lot of eye formations, single back sets. They do some shotgun stuff, but this is a true pro offense that Ryder Burton is operating in. He's got a very live arm, can make seemingly every throw on the field, but this being his first offer as a member of the 2023 recruiting class or the upcoming recruiting class, there's going to be some people say, well, why is BYU offering this kid? Let me tell you one thing. There's one thing I have learned about uh, Aaron Roderick and his recruiting style is when he sees a quarterback that he likes, I will trust him on it. Think about this. Aaron Roderick has uh, made Zach Wilson the number two pick overall in the NFL draft. And yes, Zach Wilson had uh, some of those uh, preternatural skills that end up, ended up benefiting him going to the New York Jets. But also, Jaron Hall, he has been tootled. He's been tutored. Tutored. There we go. Tootled. Tutored. You know, tootled. Uh, tutored by Aaron Roderick. And he's going to be a guy who probably plays in the NFL. Guys like Jacob Conover are guys that Aaron Roderick has locked in on. When Aaron Roderick finds a quarterback that he likes, I would say that is a guy you should pay attention to because Aaron Roderick knows the quarterback position about as well as anybody out there. He knows talent when he sees it. When he finds a guy he likes, he locks in on them. And apparently Ryder Burton is part of this. And the other point about this I want to talk to you guys about is the 2023 recruiting class, BYU is going to take at least one, if not two quarterbacks, or maybe even three if there's three that they really, really like. They need to restock the room. The departures that they've had recently, most notably at Baylor Romney, have thinned the quarterback room quite significantly. We're all expecting that Jaron Hall will be done playing for BYU once this upcoming season ends, and that's going to leave the room very, very bare. The cupboard will be bare, and BYU needs to bring in some guys. If Ryder Burton is ultimately the high school guy that BYU believes in, there's other guys here locally that I think BYU is very much in on. Jackson Brousseau, a quarterback at Lehigh High School, the guy who actually outdueled uh, Ryder Burton in the state championship game. Brousseau could very much be a guy that BYU offers relatively soon. I don't know if they've offered him already. They might have, but they should uh, be offering soon if, they are, if they're going to be interested in him. They could be bringing in two high school quarterbacks and even a transfer quarterback out of the transfer portal because that is how important this position is. You have to nail it, especially as you're getting ready to go into the Big 12 in 2023 and beyond. You cannot have yourself being all of a sudden bare thin at the quarterback position and expect that you'll survive at this Power 5 level. It's just not going to happen. So Ryder Burton is a guy that BYU apparently believes in because they offered him a full scholarship, and that is a very important thing, I think, to note. This is not a preferred walk-on. This is not a guy who BYU is like, hey, you want to come and try out for us? No, they believe in Ryder Burton's skills. I had a chance to watch him three times this year. I was impressed by his decision making, but he also at the same time he has the uh, penchant to get himself into trouble as a quarterback. He passed for 25 touchdowns this year against 12 interceptions, but those 12 interceptions, half of them came in the state championship game. Lehigh High School made his life absolutely miserable. He threw six interceptions in route to a 35-6 loss in the state title game. That's not good. You're probably wondering, okay Jake, how did the other six interceptions come? They came in three other games. If there is a game that seems he gets off off his uh, game a little bit, that is when the interceptions come. He is a guy that once he gets into rhythm, he very much becomes a guy who can start reeling off pass after pass after pass, and it becomes a very pretty game. But when he is rocked or his, um, how do I say it? When he is not... uh, 
all locked in or if he's just a little bit off of his game, that's when the mistakes creep into his game. And I think that's something the that BYU will have to coach out of him. I'm sure it's something he will work on this year as a senior for Springville High School. But I do think that this is a guy to pay attention to because, as I said, Aaron Roderick, when he locks in on a quarterback... I can pretty much take it to the bank that this is a kid who has got some talent, and Aaron Roderick's got a very good eye for quarterback talent. A couple other stats about uh, Ryder Burton real quick. He had a 64.2 completion percentage this past year, 2,319 yards, the aforementioned 25 touchdowns against 12 interceptions, but he only had one rushing touchdown. I don't know how good of a runner he is, but he's not asked to do that in the offense that he plays in at Springville. It is truly an eye-backs pro formation where Ryder Burton, when he's passing the ball, he is dropping in a five or a seven step drop and in some cases maybe even a three step drop but it's out of under center positions this is a true pro offense he's playing in and it's just a very interesting offer so we'll see what happens he's projected as a three low a low three star prospect by 24 7 sports and 81 grade on him but i think that aaron roderick he thinks he may have found a gem in Ryder burton and hopefully byu can haul him in all right coming up here in just a minute we'll round out today's show with a look at what else happened over the weekend in byu sports before before we do that, though, let's talk to you guys about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information needs. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs with the NBA getting going this week and the start of the Major League Baseball season as well. Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to the playoffs to esports and more. If you want to take a futures bet on BYU uh, football or basketball this year, I'm sure they've got those available to you now. Now, the NFL, they've got it all for you guys at betonline.net. So head to the website, that's betonline.net once again, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you now. That's all courtesy of your friends at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, time now to talk about what happened over the weekend in BYU sports, and it was a busy, busy weekend for the Cougars. Let's start off with the women's soccer program. I'm just kind of looking up in my notes here. So BYU capped their spring season with a 3-0 shutout of UVU on Saturday afternoon, and then almost immediately afterwards uh, turned around and played Southern Utah and absolutely ran away with a 10-0 route of the Thunderbirds. So if you keep in track at home, they capped their spring season with a 13-0 Saturday, and very impressive stuff. Ashley Hatch, the former BYU star playing for the U.S. Women's National Team, also had a starring role for the U.S. Women's National Team in their route of Uzbekistan. So always good to see who I like to call my cousin doing well on the international stage. Ashley is a distant relative of mine. Let me be very clear about that. But hey, you have the last name Hatch. I'm going to claim you if you're playing at the level that Ashley Hatch is. All right, uh, baseball is up to 17 and 12 on the season now. Six and six in West Coast Conference play. Uh, Mike Littlewood's squad got their first sweep of the conference season, beating Santa. Claus in three straight games. They won Thursday 5-1, then exploded offensively for a 10-0 shutout Friday, which, by the way, uh, they had over 2,600 fans in the stands on Friday. That was the 10th largest crowd in Miller Park history. And then they finished off the weekend with a 9-5 victory on Saturday. It is the second uh, sweep of the season for BYU after their sweep of Arizona State in February. Impressive stuff for the Cougars, considering Santa Clara came in, and they'd have been a pretty good team in their own right all season long. 
but BYU handled them very nicely. And now BYU sits its 500 in conference play. If you did not note last week, something I probably should pass along to you guys, the West Coast Conference Tournament this year is actually going to feature six teams, then four. They will have a seeds three through six play, and the top two seeds will get a first round bye. So there's an expanded field for the postseason for BYU. And the Cougars, as long as they can stay around that 500 mark, if not a little bit above that, in West Coast Conference play down the stretch run of the season here, there's a very good chance they can find themselves playing in Stockton in that West Coast Conference uh, tournament and hopefully punch their ticket to the College World Series via the regionals they'll be taking place as well. Uh, The Cougars will be back in action this weekend, stepping away from conference play. They're going to be taking on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. They're headed to Lincoln, Nebraska. That is Thursday through Saturday for a four-game series. There'll be a doubleheader on Friday games, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for Mike Littlewood and his team. Best of luck to them in that. Now on to softball. The softball program had a pretty rough weekend, all things considered. This is a team that's 25-10 and 10 now, but just 1-2 and two in West Coast Conference play. They opened conference play this, this last weekend with a three-game set against Loyola Marymount, and LMU took two of three off BYU at Gale Miller Field. This was a home series loss, which is really rare for BYU. The Cougars won the series opener 4-0 on Friday, then lost 8-4 in the nightcap, and then were stymied in a 1-0 loss on Saturday. So the Cougars off to a little bit of a... St- stumbling start, excuse me, to West Coast Conference play. Uh, The West Coast Conference has been BYU's conference. They've owned this conference since it was founded by the West Coast Conference five, six, seven years ago. But maybe, and this is still a long way to go, let me be clear about this, but LMU coming in and taking two or three off BYU, could that signal a little bit of a change for the Cougars? I don't know, but it's an interesting note to keep uh, track of down the rest of this season. Uh, BYU is expected to host UVU tomorrow, weather permitting at 5 p.m. over at Gale Miller Field. If they do play that game, admission is free, and hopefully the weather will hold out they can play that game. They will also be in action against Idaho State up in Pocatello later this week as well. On to men's volleyball, BYU's rough season continued with a uh, sweep over the weekend by number 12 Stanford. They were swept Friday three sets to none before losing 3-1 on Saturday. The Cougars are now 8-14 overall on the year, just 3-7 in the MPSF. They'll have their final two regular season matches this Friday and Saturday against UCLA at the Smith Fieldhouse. Both of those matches slated to start at 7 p.m. and both will be televised on BYU TV. It'll be senior night. BYU's got a very young team. I'm actually not 100% certain how many guys they'll be honoring this year, but final two regular season matches. Hopefully BYU can go out with a winning uh, weekend as they close out their regular season. Other notes you need to get to is men's tennis had a rough weekend losing both of their matches over the weekend on the road. 4-0 at USF before falling 4-1 at Santa Clara. Their road stretch will continue this weekend as they head to Southern California to take on Pepperdine and LMU. On the women's side of things, they had a winning weekend at home beating USF and Santa Clara. Uh, They beat the Dons 4-3 on Thursday before beating Santa Clara 6-1 on Saturday. BYU is one match in women's tennis this week. Uh, they're headed to LMU this Friday, headed to Los Angeles. And then finally, the final few notes I need to talk to you guys about is women's golf and men's golf. Both programs are in action earlier this early this week. Depending on when you listen to this, their first round actually might be done. They're expected to uh, start shotgun style on Monday morning at 8 a.m. for both of these. The women's golf program, they were 15th last week at the Silverado Showdown in Napa, California. They open play in the Chambers Bay Invitational in Washington today in their final 
regular season action. It is the site of that U.S. Open that was up there at Chambers Bay. Many of you might remember Jordan Spieth having an epic weekend up there in the U.S. Open. Uh, the tournament will wrap up tomorrow, but there are three rounds of action scheduled to be played over the next two days for the women's golf program. Men's uh, team is headed to the Western Intercollegiate at Pasta Tiempo Golf Course. It is hosted by San Jose State. That begins this morning and speaking of Monday morning and runs through Wednesday. There will actually be live coverage of this event on Golf Channel throughout the week if you want to tune into that. I can tell you this much. What I know of Pasa Tiempo Golf Club, it is one of my father's favorite golf courses in the entire world. My father has traveled the world for business for many, many years. Pasa Tiempo is a golf course that he says is, in his opinion, it's top 10 that he's ever played in his entire life. And trust me, he has played a number of great courses. Uh, he's played... Uh, Pebble Beach, etc. He says Pasa Tiempo is one of his favorite courses he's ever played. Uh, to this day, actually still carries a golf, he- uh, one of his woods head covers. It's a Pasa Tiempo golf head cover that he carries with him. Golf head cover? Man, I'm just butchering the English language today, but nonetheless, it is a really fun event, and BYU men's golf. They've already been out there playing over the weekend. I saw some highlights on Instagram of them uh, getting some practice rounds in out there at Pasa Tiempo, and best of luck to Bruce Brockbank and his team as they open play there at Pasa Tiempo Golf Course. All right, so there you go. You are up to speed on everything you need to know about here on this Monday edition of the show. It's been a lot of fun to be with you guys. Hope you guys have enjoyed the show as always. We are on YouTube, as you can see, if you're watching this, if you're listening to it, you may want to check it out on YouTube. Um, Even if you don't want to watch me talk about BYU sports, I would appreciate you guys that are listening to the podcast, just uh, logging into your YouTube account and just subscribing to the show. It really helps us uh, in terms of getting uh, subscribers to build this out on the YouTube side of things. The video video element is kind of the new destination for most podcasts, and that's why we're doing this video. I am still working on upgrading the video quality, so if it doesn't look uh, crystal clear and HD, guess what? It's coming. We're working on it. I've actually got a solution. I think I figured out over the weekend that we'll be implementing in the coming days and weeks, so hopefully you'll be able to look at me in crystal clear, high definition very, very soon. If not, it's, it's fairly clear. I'm looking at my own picture here, but you know what? It's fun to do, and I'm still getting used to actually being on camera doing this, but at the same time, it's a ton of fun to be with you guys. Uh, Coming up on tomorrow's show, I want to check in on the NFL draft. I want to talk about Tyler Algier's prospects, the latest on what it's looking like for him with regards to the NFL draft. Uh, There is a second half of an interview I did with Harvey Unga, BYU running backs coach, worked very closely with Tyler Algier over the past two years. What does Harvey make of Tyler's chances in the NFL as a guy who also played in the NFL, speaking of Harvey Unga? We'll get to that conversation on tomorrow's podcast. So thank you once again for making this your first listen of the day. And if you want more on the NFL Draft, I would encourage you guys to get over to the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. They bring it to life every single day, making sure you guys are apprised of all the top prospects, how trades and signings in the NFL going on right now are affecting draft order and philosophy when it comes to the upcoming NFL Draft in Las Vegas. So stay tuned for that and make sure you guys listen to that as your second listen of the day right after this one. That's going to do it for us on this Monday edition of the show. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 11th, 2022, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.